We're back to the Neil Haley Show simulcasted with celebrity interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, how are you, man? The media giant's here with another big one, and you're so excited. So, Greg, who do we have today with us? Oh, my gosh. We have Kirk Cameron today. Very exciting. I'm excited to talk yeah. with them. We're going to talk about life, Mark, and everything. Kirk, thanks for stopping by. And man, you know, thinking about the story, first of all, of how David, this is an entrepreneur story in so many ways of David and his message to reach out to you. I want to go to that question before we get any further questions of just how somebody goes out with someone as, you know, well-known as you are, especially in the Christian film world, and goes back and says, hey, I have this idea and tell us that story. David, I interviewed David and he told it, it was just amazing. Well, I'm glad you had a chance to meet David. Uh, David's an amazing young guy. Uh, I've gotten to be friends with him and it was really an honor to tell the story of his life. So I have a friend who sent me a link on my phone to a little documentary that had already been produced about David's life. It's called, I lived on Parker Avenue. And it's uh, the story of, um, one, one way to tell the story is an 18-year-old girl who changed her mind at the last second and chose adoption over abortion in, uh, in this situation with an unplanned pregnancy. <clears throat> and she placed her child up for adoption, thinking she'd probably never see him again. 19 years later, he has a chance to reconnect with her. She thinks he probably hates her for abandoning him. And uh, he, she realizes that the opposite is true. He's coming to thank her. And he, he embraces her with this loving hug and says, thank you for the choice that you made. I love my family. I love my life. Uh, you're, you're my hero. And I watched this documentary and was just wrecked by the, the, the story. It so impacted me, particularly because I am an adoptive father. My wife and I have six children. Four of our children are adopted. My wife is also an adopted child. And so this really connected with the center of my heart and I, I knew it would make a great movie. So I called my friends, the Kendrick brothers, and I said, guys, I've gotten in touch with David Scotton. I'm uh, securing the rights to, his, to tell his story. Uh, do you think I'm crazy? And they said, no, uh, we watched the documentary. We don't think you're crazy. In fact, we'd like to make the movie with you. And so we uh, purposed to produce it together. I'm also acting in it along with Alex Kendrick. Uh, I play the adoptive father. Uh, Alex plays the husband of the biological mother, and we made the movie. It's called Life Mark, and it came out this last summer. Uh, the timing was unbelievable with everything happening culturally in the country, and now it's out just in time for Thanksgiving Day weekend so people can watch this uh, pro-life, pro-family, pro-love, pro-forgiveness, and pro-reconciliation movie. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So first quick question, um, you know, what inspired you to make this movie about adoption and release it now, given the climate? Well, uh, as, as I said, I, I thought it was just a great story in and of itself. It was very moving. It's something I think our country needs. Um, and when we started to make the movie back in 2019, uh, but then, of course, once the pandemic uh, took over everything, and uh, the, the government reaction to that was to shut everything down, including movie theaters, schools, churches, businesses. We didn't know when the movie would be released. So it was finished. It was ready to go. Uh, and what we thought was a terrible interruption to our plans turned out to be providential timing, because who would have guessed that in our lifetime, the Supreme Court would have effectively overruled uh, a 50-year standing 
ruling of Roe versus Wade and sends the nation into a tailspin with what's going on and everybody's fighting over pro-life, pro-choice. And then right on the heels of that decision, here comes a movie that providentially comes rushing into the movie theaters, celebrating the value of life in the womb and the beauty of adoption. We couldn't have planned it. We couldn't have written a story that was any better than what really happened. We just told the story and uh, God put it in the theaters at the perfect time. Absolutely. Can you tell us about the incredible stories that you've heard from those who have seen life, Mark? Well, uh, I, I've seen the movie quite a few times myself and I've actually been to the theaters with friends when it was in the theaters and people are coming out just so touched and moved by it because so many people have been affected by uh, either uh, an unplanned pregnancy or adoption or they know somebody who's adopted someone in their family a friend um, and then uh, one of the most moving stories that I heard uh, recently was a, a man who saw the movie in the theaters, he was a real quiet, introverted, uh, shy kind of personality. And uh, he was thinking about the movie as he was driving his Uber uh, and he was picking up people to deliver them places. And he found a young lady who uh, was in the back seat, and he was taking her to the destination. And when he looked, he could see that he was taking her to an abortion clinic. Uh, he looked and she was a young girl who looked like, okay, she was upset and he figured he understood what was going on. He thought about the movie and said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm just going to ask her. And he says to her, would you be open um, in light of where I see I'm taking you? And you're probably filled with a lot of questions. And I don't know if you have anyone to talk to, but you're about to make a really big decision. Would you be open to talking to somebody who could help you think through this? And she said, yes. And he said, there's a movie that I saw that I think would really be helpful for you. It's called Life Mart. And he connected her with a woman at a pregnancy resource center uh, instead of taking her to uh, the, the abortion clinic. And she agreed to talk with them. She got some counsel. He connected her with a family of faith at a church near her hometown. Uh, she was reconnected with her family that she was estranged from. Uh, she renewed her faith in God. She watched the movie and she, she chose to um, give birth to her child and place him up for adoption. So I look at that and I think, wow, this is, this is having a real impact. And uh, babies are being saved. Moms are being helped. And couples who are not able to have children themselves are having their prayers answered all through the impact of a movie like Life Mark. Wow, that's an incredible story. You know, how do you see God's love for his children through adoption? Well, um, God loves adoption for sure. Uh, how do I know that? Because it's all throughout the scriptures. Um, just think about the Christmas story itself. Adoption is at the heart of the Christmas story. A young lady, Mary, wakes up one morning with an unplanned pregnancy from her human perspective. Joseph, full of faith and love for God and for his wife, adopts this baby, raises them as his own son. And because of that loving choice, the baby was saved, Mary was taken care of, and salvation, reconciliation, and new beginnings come to the entire world. Uh, think of the story of Moses. He was scheduled to be aborted by government decree, and his mother, full of faith, uh, places him in a basket and sends him down the river. He's then rescued uh, according to the plan of God and adopted into a royal family. 
and we have the leader of um, the ancient world, Moses. Now, where would we be without him and his Ten Commandments and his leadership and, and all of that? There's adoption throughout the whole scriptures, including the New Testament, where those of us who are far away from God are adopted into his family through faith because of his kindness. How do you think this film will impact how people view adoption now? What is that hope of yours? I, I'm hoping that this will open people's eyes to adoption being the loving choice. We believe that adoption is the loving choice in the midst of a scary um, situation that feels like a crisis. Um, we believe that there is a, a, a miracle, miracle buried in there. And we believe that there's an opportunity for something extraordinary to happen if we look through the lens of love toward everybody involved in this difficult situation. You know, when there's an unplanned pregnancy, there's not just a woman involved, there's also uh, a man involved. Uh, wh where is he? What does he need? Why isn't he supporting her? Why aren't they together uh, helping at, and walking each other through this situation? How do we um, also look through the lens of love toward the child who is developing uh, and has a whole future ahead of him or her in the womb. Uh, one choice that I know fits the bill for everybody is adoption because we've adopted four kids ourselves. And uh, I am so grateful. Every one of my children was one doctor appointment away from not existing. My wife was, was uh, uh, perhaps minutes away from not being here. And if my wife hadn't been born, either would our two natural born children and so uh, I am a big proponent of adoption. I want people to look into it and see that it is an incredibly loving choice and something that could um, help you save a, save a life and answer the prayers of those who are not able to have children on their own. Wow. You know, you told that beautiful story of the young lady who was headed, you know, for the clinic, saw the movie, made the U-turn and, and had her child. You know, it, let's, let's talk more in general now. You know, the film is pro-family, pro-reconciliation, pro-forgiveness, and so much more. How do you think the film will impact how the general public views adoption now? I, I'm hoping that, well, I mean, that is who's seeing the movie is the general public. Um, this isn't a movie for a isolated group of religious people. Uh, this is a movie for uh, my daughters and my sons and, and your daughters and sons. This is for um, uh, grandparents and adults, everyone. Uh, this is a huge issue. You know, I, I, I love that our country is founded on the inalienable rights that we know come to us from God. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And the first and chief among these is life. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or you're a Christian or a Jew or a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim or whatever. If we sacrifice life um, by putting qualifiers on which ones are worthy to be um, spared and which ones can be sacrificed, uh, we fundamentally undermine the freedoms that we have in the country. There, there, there ain't no liberty if you don't have life. Right. Uh, we don't even get around to choosing the pursuit of happiness in any form if we don't start with all life is precious and it's sacred. It must be protected and celebrated in the womb, outside the womb, black, white, no qualifiers. Um, disqualify anyone from being a human being and being in a person. So I'm hoping that people see that, uh, that every life counts and that an unplanned pregnancy is not a reason to destroy a life. Um, 
it's reason to do a, to a lot of it, to do a lot of adjusting and a lot of thinking, a lot of um, uh, reforming the way that we think and we live. And it's also um, an opportunity to be a hero in a very difficult circumstance and let faith and love drive your decision-making. Exactly. You know, one thing I've been so impressed about Kirk and your story, and we'll definitely get to where we can watch the movie is your entrepreneur mindset, how you took a brand, which was growing pains and have been able to create, I believe you're one of the major leaders in how Christian films have become so popular and have really just, you know, box office hits, especially even this one. What do you think, what was your, you've been mentored or did you have this mindset? You wanted to use what you, how people watched you every week for so many years on growing pains, how you've been able to increase your overall brand to this message and this mission that you have a tribe of people to help. How do you think you did that? I mean, it's, it's such an amazing story of how you took brand, brand awareness and has kept it to the level that you've grown to what you've been able to build, that you're making such a difference in so many people's lives. Man, I, you know, when I hear you say that, um, I, I um, th thank you for those kind words. That's very encouraging. That put wind, puts wind in my sails and makes me feel like, wow, um, makes, makes it sound like what I'm doing is, is important. And I want to do important things. I want to make a difference. I don't want to waste my life. I feel uh, so grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I live in America. I'm grateful that I'm, I'm married. I've got kids and, and I'm able to do stuff that makes a difference. But I don't, I can't tell you that I had a great plan of brand awareness. You know, I had an awareness that uh, I'm fortunate and I don't want to screw it up. And I want to honor the God that has been kind and gracious to me. That's that was kind of the extent of my plan. It's it still is when I wake up in the morning. I mean, all this could be gone tomorrow. Um, I I don't deserve the opportunities that I have. Um, but there's a principle that I try to live by, and that is, uh, God says in the scriptures in the Bible that He who is faithful in the little things uh, will also be entrusted with big things, and I don't really know how to manage things on a giant national level. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think I've got a, a, a laid out strategy for that, but I do have a strategy of trying to be faithful with what God has put right in front of me. And if I can do that, uh, I think I will learn as I you know, sort of on the job training for how to handle bigger things. So um, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a good answer or not. No, they're not but giving I'm, a strategy. I'm taking it one day at a time. <laughs> I think the strategy was, but I I see what you're saying. As humble as you are, and Kirk, I'm impressed by how humble of a guy you are. Because you know, again, you're I consider in that A list category, especially what you've been able to grow from the beginning, where you could just walk down as a you know a child star on Growing Pains, and then it would have been over. You know, you might have done some acting, different things, but you've put yourself in this this level that, you know, people talk about who would I like to interview? Cause I have, you know, uh, people that reach out to me and say, Hey, Neil, who should you interview? And you're on the top five list. So there you go. So you got, well, thanks bro. You got, you got, you got, you got to look at that. As, yeah. Go ahead. I appreciate I appreciate that. And you know, it's also, it's also fun to be, to be made fun of and mocked and knocked down by my, my favorite fake news source, the Babylon B. Uh, they, they, they love to use me as, um, Kind of their 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 poster guy for um you know uh christian jokes and stuff and so and I, and I laugh at it because they're so funny 
Um, but yeah. stuff like that is, is good. It's good to be able to laugh at yourself, not take yourself too seriously. And remember that to whom much is given, much is required. And um, I take that really seriously too. All right. For your fans of Growing Pains, Greg will have a Growing Pains question. Go ahead, Greg, and then we'll finish up. I don't have a Growing Pains question, yeah, yes, but I, do. I do have an important question for you. But I love to learn from people, and I know my audience does as well. Just as a, as a tip, what's the most important thing you've ever learned? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Greg. Come on. <laughs> the, oh, my goodness. You're, you're having me reach down to the bottom of my soul to pull out one thing that I've learned that's most important. Um, just one. one. One is good. Just one. Uh, an important thing to learn. People are more important than, um, than, than things. Um, and the two, and that's huge, right? Like love, yeah. the two greatest commandments ever is to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love uh, others as yourself. Um, that's about relationships. My relationship with God, my relationship with others. Um, it's not money. It's not power. It's not fame. All those are the traps that we get sucked into. Uh, and then we ruin our relationships in the process. How many rich guys do you know who've just tanked their marriage? They have no relationship with their kids because those things are so alluring. We we, we got to take our eyes off the shiny things and come back to relationships are um, what we were made for. And then we use things to benefit relationships. We don't use people to get us things. So that, that's a big one for me. And then to remember that, well, which relationships are the most important? For me, I'm going to say if you're married – the two most important relationships are your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse. And then you build a life on, on those relationships. Um, my kids are going to build the next 50 years on the, the values and the example that my wife and I have laid down for them in our home. Um, maybe, maybe you're not married, um, but if that's something that you desire, I would say uh, who you choose as your spouse is perhaps uh, the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life uh, next to uh, what you think about God. Yeah. And if you can get those things right, answer. man, if you get that's those things right, you're on the right road. Great yeah, answer. Love, love that answer. And Life Mark is available on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital on December 13th, yeah. correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. And uh, I hope you guys get a chance to see it. Uh, those of you who are watching, listening, uh, you're going to love it. And a uh, little spoiler alert, you, you, you will be in tears uh, several times throughout the movie. It's very emotional, but uh, take heart. There's lots of humor. There's parts that are hilarious. There's lots of action. We've got skydiving, cliff jumping, knife throwing, ATV racing, high school wrestling. So there's lots of great stuff for the guys. And uh, But there's going to be a, a few moments where you're going to have a good cry too. So br bring a box of tissues. We appreciate it, Kirk. You were amazing. Thanks again. And everyone can follow you anywhere. We know. Just find Kirk Cameron on social media. You're one of the social media juggernauts. Trust me on that. I, every time I'm popping up stuff. An influencer beyond influencers, but he's influencing for a purpose to help others all over the world. So we appreciate it, Kirk, for you stopping by. Hey, you you, you guys rock. And I appreciate all the good work that you're doing. Thanks for having me on the show and, and taking time to talk about life, Mark. All Thanks, right, again, this was a great simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Take care, guys. We're back to the Neil Haley Show and also the media giant effect. And it's, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving time. And the National Dog Show presented by Perina will be hosted by award-winning TV personalities, author, Broadway star, John O'Hurley. 
uh, Seinfeld and Dancing the Stars, an expert analyst and American Kennel Club licensed judge, David Fry. David and John, thanks for stopping by. It's exciting to have you back on and to talk again another year of the dog show. Another year, twenty-one years make it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. 20, a family tradition on Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely, twenty-one years is amazing to think about. Specifically enough, in the memories and the different things. But John, there's some new things coming up this year, right? Uh, a new a new uh, group uh, that we're going to be judging, right? Well, we do. We have three new breeds. Uh, this is one of them right here. Oh, she's ex he's excited. Ryder, yeah. this is Ryder. He's a Moody. He is a Hungarian herding dog that was recognized by the AKC uh, for, for competition this year. Um, you see a lot of them in Hungary, obviously, a number of them in Finland, but not very many anywhere else. We just got finally enough of them in this country for the AKC to recognize them, but a beautiful medium-sized uh, working farm dog that's uh, got a great temperament and attitude as well. We also got the Bracco Italiano as a new breed in the sporting group. Uh, it is a pointing dog, a bird dog of, of some substance. It's a little bigger than most of the other sporting dogs that we see working in the field. And that's so it can run right through all the briars and the brambles. Uh, uh, this is a beautiful moving dog that's very elegant. You see them probably in a lot of artwork that looks like it's coming from the estates of the gentrymen in in the uh, in on the continent so we have those two and we have a toy dog yeah it's a little uh russian toy actually is what we have if you imagine something as diminutive as a chihuahua but uh put little papillon ears on little butterfly ears that's uh that's what they are and they have uh they've they've caught the attention of many right now it's uh it's quite a cute little animal so everyone's excited and every year you guys are probably hearing all the feedback they cannot wait to the dog show again especially how many people love dogs right and each year it really it really is and it's it's remarkable that we we're garnering an audience globally now of uh, over 30 million people uh it's become uh you know international um has international appeal to it now so it's wonderful to see it uh you know become uh, the family tradition here in the states on the great family day but also something that people are watching worldwide all right. One of my fans has a question uh, for you, David. Uh, it involves their Shih Tzu Brussels Griffin mix. Why does she love socks so much? It's her quirky <laughs> obsession and she goes nuts when she sees socks. Why does she I love socks so much? I, I think that's kind of a universal thing, but it probably has something to do with scent. I would say it's her, it's the scent of her of her human partner that she wants to be near to. Our dogs always want to be with us. And do everything with us. Somebody once said to me, geez, don't you wish they could talk? And I said, no. First of all, I don't want them talking too much. <laughs> and secondly, I know what they would say. They would say, me too, me too. They want to be with you every everything you do, everywhere you go. And uh, that's what makes it so, so much fun at the dog show. You get to see all of that in action. Oh, thanks for that question. And, and John, what would you say you've learned most about being part of this? And especially from David about dogs compared to well, yeah. You know, let's let's be honest. Uh, in, in, if I was speaking for every man in the country, I would say that most of us are aware of maybe four or five different uh, dog breeds because we've seen them around our neighborhood. Uh, the AKC has is currently registered uh, 208 of them, breeds and varieties. Uh, that's a huge number. Uh, and uh, when we started this back in 2002, we only had 165 breeds. And uh, you can see how it's grown in the time that we've been on the air. So it's wonderful 
to not only uh, watch the new breeds that come into the show, but to recognize the diversity of breeds that uh, of all shapes, sizes. Some have hair, some have no hair, some have corded coats. Uh, it's it's really quite remarkable uh, to see all the different varieties and and to see that every one of them had a form and a function that have a written specification of what the perfect. Uh, uh, representative of that breed should be and that's what they're being judged against it's not just the cuteness factor all right well you know that's the the exciting thing and what to expect and you guys are going to be together again uh david again tune in right after the parade right on thursday on nbc that's it 12 at noon in all time zones and also it repeats on saturday night at eight o'clock on nbc uh in all time zones so you get two chances to see us and and you'll get i'm sure that that it will be shown a little bit on Peacock over the course of the year as well. But catch us now. Come on Thanksgiving Day when you're waiting for that turkey. Uh, hold on to the remote so the football guys can't get it. And uh, come and see us. Yep. Sit down with the dog next to you. <laughs> John, any final notes to your fans, John, uh, about uh, what's going on? In life now. well be part of be part of a large audience and also our, our uh, presenting sponsor uh purina has a wonderful interactive game that they'll be doing uh playing during the uh during the show uh it's uh it's called game show sweepstakes and if you go to G game shows or excuse yep. me dog show sweepstakes john come on dog show sweepstakes.com you can register and it's basically a bingo like game that you'll see certain clues uh during the run of the show uh and if you can match up five in a row or five on an angle or five down, uh, you just go back and register there on dogshowsweepstakes.com and you'll be eligible for prizes from our our uh, wonderful sponsor, Purina. All right. You're, thanks, guys. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. Thank we'll you. be back in just a moment. We're back to The Neil Haley Show and also the Love is Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. Kim Sorrell, author of Love is. Kim, how are you? And I know you're excited about our guest today. Neil, I am doing great. I hope you are too. And I am very, very excited about Rebecca Rogers Nelson and a huge advocate of adoption and adopting foster from the foster care system. And I just admire you so much and what you do and the movie Unbelievable. And so Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Wow. You know, Kim, we talked to some, we talked to the one who the story was on Life Mark and just the blown away story. I'm sure, Rebecca, when you first heard about this and it was going to be made into a film, it just blew you away, right? Because the story is such an amazing story of courage and then also overcoming things. Absolutely. It's it's so fun to know that this is a true story, that it was first a documentary film called I Lived on Parker Avenue, which is David Scotton's true story. Um, and I heard about this audition through a, a mutual actress friend. And she's like, oh, but you've got to audition for this part. It's so cool. It's so you. And so I called my agent and I auditioned and um, then I got a call back. And then it's kind of like this where you're kind of seeing the faces, except for it's a little surreal because it's Kirk Cameron and Alex Kendrick and Stephen Kendrick and Kevin Peoples, the director. And they said, Rebecca, we, we really like your performance. We think that you're really right for the part of Susan. But we have to know, are you OK with the concept of adoption, you know, uh, a, a pro-family story. And I started crying. I'm like, yes, I'm so okay with it because four of my five kids are adopted. So this is a part that's 
really close to my heart and close to my mission and my passion. And for those two to come together in such a beautiful way is kind of phenomenal. Yeah, that is amazing uh, that you didn't even know about it when you, when you, and then you're sitting there with everybody and finding out I would have bawled like a baby too. I'm getting teary just thinking about it, but it is, your story is amazing. Your story with your kids and are, are just three of them siblings or there's, I have sort of two adoption stories. One is a sibling set of three, and then the other is a more recent um, adoption um, from almost four years ago. My my little my little Adelaide will be four um, in a, in a couple of weeks. So yeah, wow, yeah. To stick with the mom and have those three kids like that alone had to be quite an adventure. Yes, it certainly was. And I think what's what's really interesting about adoption is every story is different. Every story is a journey. And when I hear Kirk and Chelsea, I'm just so inspired by them because Chelsea was adopted and the idea that they knew going into their marriage that they wanted to adopt. And that's that's so beautiful. In fact, they adopted four children and then they had their natural born two after that. So for my husband and I, not so noble. We we wanted to have a dog and a, a boy and a girl and, you know, just sort of like the white picket fence. Well, after we had our, our little boy, um, we had two miscarriages back to back and it became very clear that if we were going to grow our family, it was going to be through adoption. So we began doing the things, you know, Googling Thailand and kind of going all over to figure out where our next steps were. And some friends of ours said, what about the foster care system? And we're like, is that a thing? What? Um, We were living in Los Angeles at the time. And they said, yeah, it's a thing. And there's a seminar this Saturday. Why don't you go? So we went to the seminar. It's an eight hour seminar and they freak you out because they need to tell you about all the possible things that could happen. And so we came home and my husband and I are like, well, we're not doing that. That's too scary. Um, Well, four days later, we got called with a placement for a little guy. And so we had to really pray and say, okay, God, what are you doing with this? And my husband's like, you know what? I've got to really realize that God's got this. And and in fact, we were um, talking with some friends of ours who'd also adopted. And they said, don't you think that God loves Ben as much as he loves you? Our our birth son, Ben, was two years old at the time. And a lot of the fear is that you'll get a, a placement and then that placement, that child will go back to, you know, an uncle or whatever. And so when we heard that, we realized it was true that that God had a plan for Ben as well as he had a plan for us. And so we just opened up our hands and said, all right, what's the next step? So we got this little guy, Anthony, at 18 months old, and he and Ben became, I mean, we have a, a picture of them hugging from the very first day we brought home Anthony. It's just beautiful. Four months later, birth mom gives birth to a little girl. So we brought home a one-day-old baby girl after that. A year later, birth mom got pregnant again with another little girl. So my husband and I went from a little family of three to a family of six, four children, five and under. Wow. And Kim, can you believe this? And I'm just going to go to Kim and I know Kim will have the next question. How how does this happen, right? Kim, and you heard the story of David when we interviewed David a couple months ago. And Kim, you were blown away because you had almost the type of type of a story too. You had to share. So Kim, share that story with Rebecca about, you know, of the, of the, of the challenges of saving a baby and things like that. And well, talk about that, that. It's a really good story, Kim, that you mentioned to David. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I have an adopted son too, by the way, Becky, I've got a son from the Dominican Republic. That, that is a whole story all by itself. And then I have four biological kids, but my only daughter was raped by uh, a man from Nigeria. And uh, she got pregnant as a result of the rape. And she, the morning after the rape, she really thought about taking the pill. And she thought about it long and hard. And at that point in time, I didn't even know that she'd been raped, but she was afraid that she could have gotten pregnant and she decided not to take the pill. And then uh, she has this beautiful baby girl who is now 15 and a half years old. She's a 4.0 student. She's brilliant. She's beautiful in every possible way. She's on color guard. She volunteers for things. She's just got a heart of gold and is going to change the world. And it's amazing how, uh, how God just takes something that is so crappy and turns it into something just so wonderful. Amen. Oh my goodness. You're going to make me cry. That is a beautiful story. It reminds me of a line in the movie where the best friend of David says, wow, if your mom had not made that decision to have you, I wouldn't have a best friend. And it's, it's this beautiful thing where you realize that that one decision, it will, your daughter's decision is affecting your life and so many others and probably her best friend's life, right? So we realize that one decision can then have this ripple effect on so many different lives in a positive and beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely. And she wants to become a researcher, a medical researcher. And so who knows what this girl's going to discover, you know, that's I mean, beautiful Some good things. So, yeah. So oh, thank playing, you for that. yeah. So playing Susan, uh, you did a marvelous job, by the way. Oh, and then watching the documentary, I think you kind of nailed her. But but it had to be emotional for you, like it it was for her. Like how how did your emotions play into it all? Yes, it was such an honor to play Susan. She is just like this ray of sunshine, and and it was such a beautiful beautiful. Uh, spirit and soul. And um, I think what's so what's so wonderful about playing this role is, you know, in, as an actress, you use something called substitution. So you use an emotion in your real life, and then you kind of substitute it for whatever mo- emotions happening in the storyline. Well, for me, I didn't have to go that far for substitution because I had emotions about the fear of loss and and the fear of hope. Um, I think that the idea of sometimes it's scared to be hopeful again about the possibility. And I think with, with Susan in the movie, she was thinking, well, what if she changes her mind? What if she decides that she doesn't want me to be the birth mom? And, and so I, I can totally recognize and, and that resonates with me, that fear. Um, but I think God calls us to be hopeful. God calls us to be um submissive and a part of the story, right? He is helping to orchestrate things. And we have to just trust that even like you were just saying, even if things are not so great, that they will turn out for good for those that love the Lord. Little quick story about my second adoption story. About four years ago, we got a phone call from a a family, um, a relative. And she goes, Becky, I know that you and your husband, Darrell, love children. There's a baby in Midcoast, California. And this baby is addicted to heroin. 
and she's a family member. Would you want to take her in? And um, my emotions were all over the place because during our time of having our adoptions in, and really during our miscarriages 14 years prior, I felt like the Lord gave me this name, Adelaide. And as our children came as adopted children, they came with names. And so I'm telling my husband, I feel like there's an Adelaide coming, but I don't know where or how. And he's like, well, maybe Adelaide is going to be like a grandma that we adopt or whatever. So when we got this phone call and it was a baby girl, I called my husband and I said, there's a baby girl that needs a home. What do you think? And he said, do you think it's our Adelaide? And I said, and he said, go get her. So Christmas Eve, uh, almost four years ago, we went to go get our Adelaide and her birthday is November 26th, which is so beautiful because November is, is National Adoption Awareness Month. And of course, Life Mark's going to start um, on Pure Flix on November 22nd. So such a beautiful thing that, that God brings these things together. And even though that was a horrible um, beginning to her life, she is perfect and wonderful and beautiful now. And I think that that's what we have to realize is sometimes when things don't seem like they are, are part of any design or plan, they are, they are. Yes. The, yeah. the, you have to recognize the seed of benefit in everything that happens to you as Napoleon, Amen. as Napoleon Hill said, it's, uh, um, it's uh, one of his talks. So let's go, Kim, you have a love is question for Rebecca. Go ahead and tell about it. I do. Rebecca, I uh, decided a few years ago after losing my husband that I wanted to know more about love. That seems to be this mystery, but the Bible says in John, it says that God is love. So love is something that you are not just something that you emote, you know, it's not like fear or, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever kind of emotion excitement, it is something that you are. And I wasn't sure that I was living it the right way. Like if I really knew I had a great marriage and I, I thought I knew, but I decided I would dedicate a full year in search of the true meaning of love. And I found it. And the things that I found out about love just blew my mind. I was mostly working in Haiti. I know that you've done some work and do some volunteering and help out people and all kinds of things. And so mostly I was in Haiti uh, during the year and uh, I don't know, changed my life, my world. So anyway, love has to be a huge part of your life. How, how do you see uh, living love? Like, what does that mean to you? And what does it mean to you? Um, and it, as far as the movie goes and what you see with the characters and, and Susan in particular. Wow, what a great question. Oh my goodness. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me um, is love is transparency. I think that we need to be transparent as believers to say, this is my life. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's it's beautiful, but this is my life. And we can learn from each other, right? Um, because day in, moment by moment, we are waiting for the Lord to, to direct and to, to guide, right? And I think is sometimes when we feel like, oh, it's too messy to share this, it's too messy to share this, we need to, so we can be the hands and the feet of God. The other thought that came to mind is something that I'm learning and holding on to, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Because sometimes 
even in love, we try to go fix. We try to go run and take care of that that um, situation with our son or that situation with our daughter. I mean, of course, our, our families come to mind first. But if we're seeking God first, he might have a very different way of what love looks like for that child or for that situation. So the idea of abiding in him and having the Holy Spirit speak through you in these different circumstances is so key and so important. And I, I think the idea of transparency is so important for me right now because we are having a challenge with one of our children um, during the shutdowns and the craziness of, of the pandemic. He he had a spiral in depression and two of his friends committed suicide. Oh so there is this there is this thing of how do I how do I parent this child who's hurting? And as I've been transparent about that, other people have been able to come forward and say, Becky, try this. Becky, work through this issue and have him do this. And I think that we as um as believers can't just take it on ourselves behind our white picket fences. We have to open up those fences, right? And be able to open the door to each other so that we can really experience the hands and the feet of God, because that is love. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a fabulous answer. And I am so sorry about your son and the loss of his friends. It's, uh, it is so sad what COVID has done and, and the pandemic and the shutdowns and the everything that has happened to us. And um, I know how horrible suicide is. My mom actually died that way several years ago and oh it's tough. And so for a kid to have to deal with that, I'm so sorry about that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So again, you said it's available. Life Mark is available on Pure Flix on November 22nd. Is that correct, Rebecca? Yes. So LifeMark is going to launch on Pure Flix November 22nd. So from that point on, you'll be able to, to stream it. And we're just really excited because it is in conjunction with Adoption Awareness Month. And so it's just a time to celebrate life. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate it, Rebecca. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right, guys, that was the Love is Celebrity segment in the Neil Haley Show. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show and also the Media Giant Effect. I'm excited to welcome first my co-host, Kim Sorrell, author of Love is. Kim, how are you? And I, you're excited about our guest today, Robert, aren't you? Fantastic. Yep. I am so excited about our guest. I am happy to be here. Thank you, Neil. I hope you're doing great, too. Robert Amaya, my word. I don't even know. I was trying to count how many films you've been in in the last... Not that many years, really, and you are always busy. Uh, it seems like I don't know if you ever get a day off, if you get any rest, because <laughs> it just seems like you are just busy all the time. From Miami, right? Born and raised in Miami. I was raised in Miami. I was born in California, actually, but I moved when I was about ten years old because my mom couldn't take the earthquakes anymore. So instead, oh. we went to Miami and got a bunch of hurricanes. But go figure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, it is so great to have you here. I know you've got a couple films coming out and are pretty passionate about the things you're doing these days. So I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, you know what? I've been I've been very blessed that ever since, uh, particularly post during the pandemic and now post pandemic. Uh, God has opened up a lot of doors to be able to just uh, do more work. And, and, and with that, um, I think it's so important to be able to find opportunities to, to smile and laugh and feel good, especially during the pandemic. And so that's exactly the body of work I've been involved with um, ever since. And so I'm very blessed in that regard uh, that I myself got to be able to, to just be with people and, and, and do these amazing projects. 
but then also just to bring laughter and, and smiles into the home, which is uh, for me just even even a, a bigger thing. Uh, isn't that great, Kim? And again, he has two different films coming out on Pure Flix. Let's talk first about Nothing Is Impossible, Robert. Yeah, Nothing's Impossible is an outstanding movie. It's really a story about redemption and, and a story about um, understanding that God's timing doesn't always line up with your own. It, I got the opportunity to play a character named Nick Martin, who's a best friend of our lead, played by David R. White. Um, and, and you just get to see this beautiful chemistry of a man who um, uh, who has his best friend that's very encouraging uh, of him and of his of his dreams and what he, he's always wanted to do. Uh, because of his past, he just uh, he never got to live up to a dream in basketball in the NBA. And now there's an opportunity to maybe live out that dream in a very uh, interesting way. And so um, it's that story. It's a fun story, but it's so full of heart, and the quality is just top-notch. I, I recommend it to everyone. And it's, it's safe for families, safe for everyone to watch, and something you can be proud of. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that is something that has really evolved that is so wonderful as a Christian to see Christian films. And, you know, they used to have this reputation of being kind of cheesy, and now they are I know, I'm so sad to say, but it's so true, right? Well, no, it's true. Absolutely, yeah, but... it's absolutely true. The, the cheese factor was high in the, in the genre. <laughs> but, you know, again, it goes to show you that I think um, when people began to realize that uh, God is the one who owns creativity. I mean, he is the creator. And when we truly tap into him, then we can see creativity in its most beautiful form begin to, to, to come out. And I think I think as people have grown with confidence, have uh, also learned, you know, have, have trained themselves and have learned more, they've been able to come out. As technology has also, you know, evolved and has made it easier for more people to to jump into filmmaking, it has just been it's been an amazing ride. But it's wonderful to see such great quality begin to emerge in the faith based industry. And you think about the greatness, Robert. We always start thinking, you know, certain verses in the Bible that state, you know, that we're to really not in ways achieve in ways and that's not true that's just specific verses but ultimately god wants what's great best for us and what's going to be best for our lives so we can transform society so i think that more and more of these films come out and more and more people see hey we, we can be happy with god right not okay we're just going to be stagnant we can grow we can become whatever we want to be to serve right isn't that true well uh, yeah absolutely i mean who doesn't have or know a person that that you just you just wish you could spend more time with because you just feel good when you're around them or you know you feel inspired when you're around them or you just feel like man you can you can do anything when you're around them well just imagine if we actually looked at God that way if we hung out with God that way if we understood what he's about then yeah we would be way more inspired we would be way more uh, motivated to go out there and, and provide excellence for him and for others as we serve each other. Um, in the end, you know, it, this is all entertainment. There's entertainment uh, behind this, this industry. But just because it's entertainment doesn't mean it has to be false or it has to be riddled with, with false promises. That's the beauty of faith-based entertainment is that we get to bring something that's real, that's true, that's based on truth, ultimately that's based on God. Um, and that's something that mainstream, quote-unquote mainstream, cannot offer the, the way that we do. And so uh, I'm very, very blessed that I've been able to be a part of all that. No, yeah, well, and it's so inspirational. Like. Um, even the part that you play, 
in that movie. I love it. You're so funny. And, and here you are so real because you've uh, flunked out of school how many times trying to be a minister? And- <laughs> seminary, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the seminary. And, and so it's just, um, you know, I mean, everybody's got their thing, right? Everybody goes through stuff. And so to be a real person and, and something that people can relate to, I think that's so important. And then it's so inspiring uh, to the whole story of the movie and of the movies and to bring inspiration and not just, um, I don't know, it, it's wonderful to walk out of a movie feeling good, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's really where it comes down to being able to walk away, uh, hopefully with a new perspective, with a new inspiration, um, feeling motivated and just feeling good. I mean, you know, you didn't feel like you walked out with a bunch of different agendas. You just walk out feeling like, hey, that movie really just touched me. I, I want to go do something. That's what we hope to do. I mean, that's what I always hope to do in whatever role I do. I think the industry at large, particularly faith-based, has just realized that um, we don't have to kind of like, you know, pretend that things are beautiful just because you're a Christian. You know, Christians are human beings. What makes it beautiful is that our God takes that and does something amazing with it. That is real. And that's the truth, Robert. And the fact is that if you don't think you're going to have challenges in your life, you're not living. If you don't think yeah. that's going to go wrong in your life, you're not living. You're living under a rock. You're trying to avoid because we're going to have these trials. We're going to have these tribulations and we're going to still move forward. And we're going to still move forward because if we have a purpose every day waking up, it's a totally different life than a lots of people are living. And having the faith that you can move mountains changes things so much, doesn't it, Robert? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, that's one of the most amazing things about nothing is impossible is the fact that it brings you that. It brings you that ability to see that, you know what? Um, again, things may not be in your own timing. It's in God's timing, but it doesn't mean that you've said goodbye to that thing. Like a lot of us, we have our callings and we'll put it on the shelf somewhere because we said, you know what, when I was younger, I'm not young anymore or I'm too young. You know, the other way I've seen it as well. And you kind of want to put it away and ignore it that, you know, what, uh, that was for another time. Yet it continues to kind of, you can hear that voice, that calling. It continues to, to bug you because you're like, man, what if, what if, what if? Well, you know what? I think this is the kind of film, uh, Nothing's Impossible allows you to go, hey, maybe that what if means now is the time. Um, and I think that is the a great question to ask ourselves and, and to, to spend time with God asking um, that maybe those dreams that we had, um, that was just the wrong time when we first had them. It's for now, such a time as this. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you know, I think people uh, sometimes limit themselves. And, and squash those dreams and think that they're too old or they should have started younger or whatever it should be. But absolutely nothing is impossible without, with, with God, absolutely nothing is impossible. Right, so that's right. Yeah. It's such a great message. And then an unlikely angel. Oh my word. I love you in that movie. It is so good. That it seems like that was a really fun one to do. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. Again, it was a great cast, great crew that we had, uh, great director, Darrell Nelson, and, and, and what he brought to the table. Um, the whole story was just so beautifully written, and I think it was beautifully executed. And again, that's another film where we see 
you know, if you had this trajectory for your life that you thought you were supposed to follow, and God may have another avenue. Sometimes the best dream for us is a different dream, is a dream that he's got for us, and we don't realize it until we're willing to say, okay, until we're willing to listen uh, to see what God has for us. And I think Unlikely Angel um, just brings that message. It brings a message of, you know what, maybe you're not seeing the entire picture. Let's give you a what if. Um, just so you can see that other side, and then you get to to see if maybe God was always right to begin with. Robert, one thing Napoleon Hill said, uh, the you know, it's amazing some of his stuff that he brings for entrepreneurs, but also in faith, is there's a seed and benefit in everything. In everything, so every moment there's a seed of benefit to it. So ultimately, we don't know why things are happening to us at that point in time. We need to like put it in our notebooks when we do have those especially as an entrepreneur and a business owner like myself the roller coaster ride when i'm all the way up i need to write it down but also when i'm all the way down and then say really should i felt that down and what did i learn from that and that's what god tries to teach us you know what that's 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 such a great piece of advice i think writing it down is, is a beautiful thing to do because uh, you know, and God, God would have his people. I mean, think about Israel, right? They would, they would create these little monuments so people don't forget so that you don't forget the stories. And I think writing those things down as we go through life is beautiful because we get to go back. You know, when we have lows, perhaps we go back and we read about a high or we read even about another low. And what it does is it gives us perspective. Perspective is so important because God's perspective is up here. And honestly, we're way down here. And when we get to go and see our journey, we get to see a greater perspective, a little bit of how God sees our entire lives and the lives that we've affected and those that affect us. And so when we are able to just separate a little bit, go back to that book, like you said, and, and, and read about our past, we get to see that there was purpose. Um, behind everything. Not that we ever ever necessarily are going to know what the specific purpose of it is, but we walk away at least knowing that there's something to learn. There's something to look back on and to reflect on. Again, unlikely angel just gave us that ability to be able to have a what if moment, to look back at our at a life, the life of our lead character there um, through the, the, the help of an angel and, and be able to see that God's way, um, he does have a way. He does have a purpose. And he's still looking out for your best interests. And, and yeah, well, and, you know, I think too the beauty of it is that that with God, of course, we're never alone. But mm-hmm. also having each other, you know, with, there's a, a community within Christianity that is special. That when you um, like, like just even talking to you now, there's automatically a connection because of because we share our faith. And sharing faith is, is just so huge. And then being able to help each other through those tough times and through those difficult moments. And, you know, whether you're an angel <laughs> or just a person is um, just a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, again, it's uh, we have a, a common father. And because we have the same father, uh, we are all related. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all part of a greater kingdom, part of a greater family. Um, and I think that that's why believers can come together and like this, they can just, you know, immediately just take off in conversation because they, they share the same joy. Uh, it's all about community, too. I mean, that's why God instructed for there to be a growth in community. That's what he wanted in the church. I mean, that's one of the things I love to do online, like uh, in all my social media, which, by the way, is at Real Robert Amaya throughout all my social media. I always try to create that sense of community. I love to hear people. I love to hear their testimonies, particularly. I love to hear what God's doing in their lives. 
um, because that's so encouraging. You know, we talked about writing down on a journal or something, uh, our own journeys. Well, man, sharing those things yeah. is also incredibly valuable. Incredible. And because what God puts you through sometimes is not just for you. Sometimes it's because that person next to you needs to hear about that and learn about it. And it's going to be so encouraging for them. You know, this is not just a consumption thing. It's, it's a sharing thing. It's one big feast and, and we are one big family. And Kim wrote a book called Love Is. Explain that really quick and ask your final question to Robert. Yeah, so uh, um, I was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago, and my husband was four months later and passed away six weeks after that. And it made me question the real meaning of love, you know, because John says that God is love. So love is something you are rather than just something you give. And so I went on this year long journey in search of the true meaning of love. Most of the time I was in Haiti when I was working on it. And I found out things about love that I have never heard before. I've never been taught before and changed my life. And I know would change anybody's life and, and would change the world if we really lived love the way, you know, if, if we answered the question, what would love do? You know, that that's a pretty universal thing, but we need to understand what love is first in order to do it. And Love plays such a huge part in a relationship, in any relationship, but our relationship with God, obviously, and the kind of love that he has for us and and then the kind of love that we try to have for each other or should have for each other. And uh, how does that play into your life? I mean, um, love is big, I think, in anybody's life, but, but where do you see it? How does that play in? You know, I often talk about how... Um, unfortunately our, our modern day particularly the english language is so limited because we have one word and that's love but love is so much word so much more than just one word it's so much more descriptive because a lot of people use love in whatever way they want to use love whether you know it's a romantic or whether it's mothering or you know there's so many facets to love and what it means loving of your fellow man that's all about the scriptures the scriptures you know again our translations have to use the language and so we have one word called love but boy that greek that old greek that 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 early those early manuscripts they had different words for what love meant and so just like what you said to me understanding when it, when it says god is love yeah there's a verb there that means it's an act it's a choice also um, and so, you know, when you go down and you see that um, you, you, you read about what love is and love is patient, love is kind, and you go down that list, um, people often read that in, in a wedding or somewhere, you know, in 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, Corinthians 13, and they, they read it like it's a, this, a beautiful thing, uh, and it is, but we also have to read it like it's a warning. There are things that are going to require patience. There are times you're not going to want to behave a certain way. That's what love is. That's where love shines. You know, that's how we can love our enemies. Not because of what they're doing to us. It's nothing to do about our enemies. It has everything to do with what we're choosing to do because we were also God's enemies at one point. And yet he loved us while we were yet sinners, the Bible describes. So, um, yeah, love, uh, unfortunately, is limited in this language. But love, anyone who explores that path like you did, it's an amazing thing because love is so much more than just a word. It is a, a state of being. It is a pursuit. It is a choice. And it is an experience. All right. So, again, the both movies are now available on Pure Flix. 
And Robert, you already said where people can follow you. We appreciate it. And thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. You too. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment.